Hello, beautiful humans. I'm Zach. And I'm Austin. And, and this, this is The Human Vibe. This is the night. Oh, yes, this is the night. They call it Bella Note. What's up? Hello, 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 hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are. Hallelujah. What's up? Hello, everyone. We are so thankful, so happy to have you join us for the human vibe. If this is your first time, definitely check out our other episodes. And if not, um, thank you so much for for following us along on our adventure. So for those of you who don't know, I'm Zach. I'm Austin. We are two engaged guys who moved abroad. We made a decision in early 2021 that we would take a leap of faith. Bow, bow, bow. Move to Europe. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And we've been podcasting about the experience, sharing our stories, sharing the human experience, and we've made it to, drum roll, episode 10. Holy smokes. What? And we've had more than a thousand downloads, (gasps) which is a a really cool milestone. Yes. Oh, that's (laughs) what a cool feeling. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being encouraging and seriously, some kick butt humans. Yeah. We just want to give like a quick little shout out to some of our friends. One, Cassie. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much. Yes, girl. You've just been loving on us, sending us all the good messages. Thanks for listening. Speaking so much love over you, baby girl. Thank you for the recommendations. We really appreciate it. Thank you to Heather, to Lacey, and just to all of the beautiful humans who have really just reached out. Yes. Micah, yes, absolutely. We love you. We appreciate you. And yeah, yeah, when we talk about humans that are just incredibly encouraging and just love you unconditionally, thank you. Thank you to all of you. Yes. Um, so yes, we moved abroad and we're just talking about our experiences. We are currently in Palermo, which is the capital of Sicily. Bow, bow, bow. The largest island in the Mediterranean. And educating a, the children. <laughs> in a region of Italy. <laughs> So we are continuing on with our story. Um, We left off where we had just gotten to Palermo and had our first day there, went to the grocery store right away, had a little bit of culture shock. We're going to tell you. Right. A lot of. And we will talk more about that. Um, But we want to kind of paint a picture for those of you who have not been here about what Sicily is like, what Palermo specifically is like. We'll cover the first about three weeks um, of our living here. Mm -hmm. And talk, you know, just about some of those cultural nuances about what Palermo is like um, physically. We'll share some food stories with you, of Mm -hmm. course. Yeah, it's not all just spaghetti and wine, y'all. We got some layers to unfold. Oh, my goodness. Oh, definitely. Yeah, layers for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So let's just dive right in. Yes. Um, What is Palermo? Palermo. So we should, I think that like the best way for us to to kind of start this off is a lot of Americans um, who have this like romantic idea of Italy. Oh yeah. A lot of that comes from obviously from Hollywood and yeah, you know, letters to Julia, Lizzie McGuire movie. Oh my gosh. Under the Tuscan sun, eat, pray, love. Yes. That vibe. And Italy does have that, but there's so much more to Italy than that. Again, layers, especially in Sicily. Sicily is a very, very old. It has been conquered by, I mean, I feel like every major empire in the European region, in the Mediterranean region, um, 
you know, it was a Phoenician settlement conquered by the Normans, then the Greeks, Romans, Byzantines, the Arabians, like everyone. A lot of cultures have touched this place. Oh, yeah. And you see it in the architecture, the food, the people, the energy, the streets. You literally see all of these cultures as touch it. It's quite beautiful. It can be a lot. It is a lot. It is. It's a little bit overwhelming at times, um, but truly, I mean, it's really cool just to see how all of these different cultures, all these different empires have affected and impacted Sicilian culture. Their imprint. They've definitely imprinted. And people from, and it's the way they pronounce it, Sicilia, but the way that they view themselves is they're Sicilian first Mm -hmm. and Italian second. Yeah. Their language has its own... More than just an accent. I mean, sometimes even words that I would say that Italians may not understand yeah. if somebody speaks them street. Yeah. If anybody who's like familiar with, you know, French or German, it's very much the same north versus south. And here in Sicily, it definitely has its own flavor. Neither of us speak the Sicilian dialect. No, <laughs> no. I can order. Nowadays, I can order at the restaurant. That's all I got. But <laughs> well, one when thing, we first got here, I was like, I have no idea. I mean, so one of the first things I noticed just on language and we'll dive into kind of, you know, our first couple of days walking around and, you know, the things we saw and the things we smelled and heard. But I think one of the first things I noticed we both did is we've always been taught that it's like grazie. And I think when I was in uh, northern Italy, it was I heard people a lot of people say grazie. Grazie. But here it how about you describe it it's not the same and they don't say grazie true we went to the bar and the guy was like corrected me he's like no 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 because i'm like grazie and he's like no grazie 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 there's like a little at the end end. yeah it's little things like that that we noticed and people would you know correct us on but um so our first couple days it was really warm and oh my gosh it was like I want to say like 24, 25 degrees Celsius. We're talking like mid 70s. Oh, no, no. It was like, it was like, 20, it was like 27, 28. Oh, yeah. then we talking like mid 80s. It was, it was so, yeah. sun- especially coming from Southwest Ireland, which was like in the 60s and rainy and chilly. Oh, when that Italian Sicilian sun hit our skin, it was like, oh, thank you. Oh my gosh, blessed. We're finally here in the Mediterranean, absorbing all the good energy and the sunshine just blessed us. It was, it was really nice to have the sun. Um, but we walked around with schnitzel and I think it's really funny because being here with our miniature dachshund, for those of you who might be first time listeners, we brought our little dog with us from the US. Mm-hmm. Um, just being with him, we always notice that one, he loves warm weather. And two, he is a people person. He loves dogs. Like, he loves humans. He's not always crazy about other dogs. No, not always. always, And in that first day, um, like, when we walk on a busy street, if there's lots of people around, he'll be ahead of us. He has, like, a little skip wagging his tail. And we actually did meet a dachshund puppy on the first day or second day that we got here. And that's always really exciting when we meet other little wiener dogs and other little sausage dogs because schnitzel... Does really well. He does. He loves other dachshunds. He kind of shady like that, but he know he know when he sees another dachshund, and it's just so cute. It is, and so the streets of Palermo. So let's kind mm. of let's let's paint you a picture. All so right. our apartment is on kind of a quieter street in the Albuquerque area, which is 
one of the oldest, if not the oldest neighborhoods in Palermo. And so that's where a lot of like the ancient sites are and a lot of the touristy things are. But it also has a huge um, African popula- immigrant population. Mm-hmm. It huge. is a little bit more run down. You'll see... I mean, we're going to tell you the truth. So when you walk outside of our apartment, the streets, first and foremost, are made up of these giant kind of square stone blocks. Mm-hmm. Pretty soft. So if it rains, it's pretty slippery. It slip, slip, yeah. Um, a little uneven. Uh, I mean, the width of our road fits like two Fiat. Yeah, so you have some cars parked. Not very wide. People just walk in the middle of the street. There are like, sometimes there are no sidewalks. You just walk where you want to walk, girl. Yeah, and so... If you go out to the left and you go down the road, then you will come to the intersection of the Bolero Market. And the Bolero Market is one of three large outdoor markets where you can buy fish or meat or produce. And there's also kind of stores along it that will sell kind of odd end things, dish soap. Yeah, kind of Dollar General kind of stuff. Yeah. Household goods. But it's, I think, especially for like somebody who comes from the US, like it is, it can be very overwhelming. Like it smells like, raw fish it smells like meat it smells like i mean we're talking like octopus squid calamari which isn't that squid anyway i giant swordfish giant swordfish i y'all like giant swordfish and people just yelling and of course that's a huge tourist destination so you see a lot of just diversity of people but also because in this neighborhood we live in like you touched upon, a lot of folks from Africa. Um, we'll get folks from the Middle East, from India, from Bangladesh. So it's a really like a true melting pot of yeah. just energy and food and people selling clothes. And on certain days, they'll be selling chickens and ducks. It's literally that. Oh, absolutely. And it's very dense. That's the other thing. Uh, the Albergaria yes. is one of the more dense neighborhoods as well, which means that there's a lot of people around and the buildings are all very you know, different, you may have something that's very ancient next to something that's a little bit less ancient, you Mm -hmm. know? And so our first day we walked out, went toward the Bolero market, really experienced that. And I think one of the first things as we were walking toward like one of the main thoroughfares toward the, um, an area called the uh, Quattro Conti, which we'll talk about here in a second. Mm -hmm. I think one of the first things I noticed that, that, and this was basically our second day being in Palermo and the first day that we really went out and explored, um, it was interesting to see how many street artworks there were paying tribute to uh, George Floyd and to Black Lives Matter, which for us, that was fascinating. Yeah, you know? it, uh, to see that really like my jaw dropped in Ireland. Of, of course, I understood they speak English. They're much more connected to the United States. But here in Palermo, when we saw the the George Floyd Memorial spray painted and a bunch of Black Lives Matter painted all just just all over it's so eye-opening this was an international movement just outside of the united states and i mean it's it's quite powerful yeah and it it, the truth of the matter is is that racism exists everywhere and Mm -hmm. i think that exactly it, it was just interesting to see in a very like in an alleyway in the middle of palermo in sicily yeah in this island in the mediterranean you have a massive portrait of George Floyd. Yeah. That was just really interesting and it was really beautiful. And um, on our personal social media, we posted a picture of it. So um, if you don't follow us, our personal uh, Instagram is at Zach and Austin. Um, we also have at underscore the human vibe underscore for our official um, 
human vibe podcast, uh, social media, uh, or Instagram profile. So yeah, like walking through those streets, it was really, it was just really beautiful to see that there is a lot of like street, uh, art and things like that. Um, but we came up to, so there's a, it's called the Quattro Conti in, uh, Palermo. And mm-hmm. basically it's this place where two main streets meet, um, which is the Via Maqueda and the Corso Vittorio Emanuela. They come together and right at that intersection, and if you look up like pictures of Palermo, you'll be able to see it. It's like these four different facades on buildings that make these like four corners, and it's pretty touristy, but it's just, it's beautiful. It is. You look one way, you can see down the street the Mediterranean. You look the other way, you see huge mountains. You on look both the other sides, way, yeah. huge mountains. Um you look another way, you can start walking toward a palace that is just... the Nor- Yeah, the pal- the Norman Palace. Yeah, just been added on from, again, as we were talking about earlier, the Romans, the Greeks, the... Uh, the Byzantines. Byzantines. Yeah. It just, you see just like, it is kind of like a hodgepodge of architecture. Yeah, it, it really is. It's and- quite beautiful. And in that center, um, there will be horses, people giving little rides on the horses, these little like... And I wish I knew what they were called, but... I've heard them They're called, like little taxis with like one wheel in the front. And, and like two party in the front, tiny. one wheel, two wheels in the back. I know they're called like <laughs> tuk-tuks in, in, in another country and I can't think of what it is exactly. But it's very like that. And a lot of tourists will zoom, zoom around. Zoom around. And, and again, um, like electric scooters, huge here. Oh, yeah. Huge. Oh, my gosh. Huge. People just own their own electric scooters, yeah. actually. Yeah. So Ain't it's... No yeah, and it's funny because I remember like in Indy, people would talk about the electric scooters everywhere. And I'm like, Indy was nothing <laughs> compared True. to here. True. Everybody's on an electric scooter. I feel like even in Ireland, we saw like bikes and electric scooters as well. But I think here, way more. Mm-hmm. So many Absolutely. Um, and so that first day for both of us, we were both kind of like just taking it all in. You know, it was warm. The weather was great, but we were just kind of taking it all in. The first thing that we both really wanted to see was the cathedral. Yeah. Um, the Palermo uh, cathedral and it, when we got there um, and we, again, we've got pictures on our social media pages when we got there, it's just breathtaking. Yeah. It, it, it sounds weird. And I've said this to so many people. Um, I've been in Northern Italy, mm-hmm. you know, but I'd had never been to Southern Italy and you can just tell um, I mean, when people think of places like Morocco or Egypt, even Egypt, um, I think that some of the architecture here feels and looks very similar. And the cathedral mm-hmm. itself kind of has that. Yeah, feel. the dome top and the the colors they use. You just you just notice the differences. And that first, you know, walking up to the cathedral, having this beautiful like stone out front, little garden, um, just very in awe if any of you have ever seen the eiffel tower i hear time and time again like oh this is cool but it's we learned so much about it but it doesn't necessarily blow you away seeing something like that was just very like girl what we're here like we were here this is completely different than cork yeah and i and i also think that even with the Eiffel Tower, I mean, that's a great example. I think that we see pictures of them so often, but when you're actually in front of it, you're like, whoa, this is like pictures cannot do it justice. True. And honestly, when it comes to a lot of these things, I I agree with those who say, you know what? Yes, there are amazing pictures, 
but seeing it in person, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the best way to see it. it really is so beautiful. And, and it really is. It's gorgeous. So the, the cathedral itself, you can see remnants of like, you've got some Islamic art on there and then you've got obviously then came in, you know, Roman Catholicism and they changed and morphed it into a, the cathedral that it is now. And um, it was just really cool. And I think in that moment, it really hit us. We were like, wow, we're not in we're Ireland here. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Total schnitzel. We're not in Ireland anymore. <laughs> he was loving it, but that's also because it wasn't raining that Oh my day. gosh. And it was, again, <laughs> so sunny, so warm. And just walking around, absorbing all of it. You know, the sounds, Italians live life loudly and they go after what they want and they'll make sure you can hear it and you can hear them. Yeah. And I mean, they, there was a lot more like outdoor seating. Um, something you notice really quickly in Italy is that when people say like the pace of life is slower, that doesn't mean that the people themselves are slow. I mean, they're zooming around on their little scooters and they stuff. They got places to be. But it's more like they take everything kind of in stride and just... Yeah. Take it slower. You might see a business that even though their business hours were supposed to be open until 3 p.m., they may have closed early because they wanted to. (laughs) Literally just because. Because they just wanted to. Yeah. (laughs) But just walking through those streets, um, we were just really, really excited and just kind of absorbing all of it. And so we walked around. We saw that. And then we went to these gardens that were right outside of the Norman Palace and the garden itself, it was kind of like mostly palm trees and yeah, cacti. a lot of a lot of palm trees, a lot of cacti. Um, it's it's honestly now knowing one of the only green spaces truly like in the city or close to us at least. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and yeah, so we just kind of walked around, and then we so at that time we were on the course of Vittorio Emanuela. Then we went back to the Quattro Conti and went on Via Makeda, where we found our favorite. Ooh. I'll let you say. I'll come let you on. Say. Our favorite little <laughs> spot to get a munch, munch, crunch, crunch. We are walking along, lots of restaurants there, people sitting outside, uh, little chalkboards. And all of a sudden we look and we see one that says three euro Aperol spritz. And I said, hold up. Three euro. Right. After being in Ireland, which is, I think it's like in the top three most expensive places for um, like cocktails or beer, Mm -hmm. wine, whatever in Europe. Then we go on the other end of that and we're like where it's so cheap. Yeah. When I, when it said three euro, I was like, girl, no. Because we we have to stop. Yeah. Because an Aperol Spritz in Ireland, nine, 10, 11 euro. For that. Easily, yeah. Easily. And here, Aperol Spritz is like everything. Everyone has them. Yeah, you'll see. And especially in the summertime, you'll just be walking around seeing people with like large wine glasses with like an orange beverage. And that's usually the Aperol Spritz. Yeah. So we stopped and we have schnitzel with us. And he's such a good boy. You, we can sit him on our lap and he like won't beg. He won't try to eat our food. Um I may give him a little sip, sip of something, but <laughs> don't say that <laughs> Peter. We don't do it. No, it's not true. <laughs> but we stopped and got a couple Aperol spritz. They had fresh mojitos. Oh, I love a good mojito that is not too sweet. And, and if y'all know, like bartended for years, and once you drink enough alcohol, like if it's too sweet, she got to go swipe left. So. Getting it, it's just so fresh, so wonderful. Everyone sitting outside, having little conversations, the waft of cigarettes. Um, Very European, like people walking oh, by. Oh, yes, beautiful. Um, and by the way, the place we should have mentioned this is called Makeda Bistro. Oh. We will, And we'll link the, the yeah. information to these places in our description. 
um, to make sure that, you know, if you ever are in Palermo, you can go check them out because it really is like one of the best places to get a drink. We actually found uh, a YouTubing like YouTuber couple who they came to Palermo and they, they literally went there and we were like, we've been there too, which was so cool. It's such a cool moment to be able to see like travel vloggers. Yeah. Yeah. This it's very affordable. And the thing is, is like ordered in Italian, uh, you know, this young woman, our age walked up to us, didn't speak a lot of English, still doesn't, you know, they don't speak very much English. So, you know, we figuring it out and. Oh yeah. For those of you who have traveled to Italy before, I would say compared to the North, very, very, very few people in Sicily speak English. Mm. You have to be in a, like a highly like tourist, uh, kind of like a, a very touristy destination in order to find people who speak English because for the most part, no one here does. And the people who speak English are usually like from Africa or from Bangladesh. That is true. Yeah. They're usually immigrants themselves. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Those are the people we're going to find that speak more English. The Italians, not Not so so much. much. Yeah. I mean, they don't need it. It's not, uh, it ain't the tea. Yeah. It's, I mean, you don't really find things in English here very often, especially compared to other countries, maybe like Germany or Austria. And it's funny you say that because that first meal we had, we're sitting there, sitting there for a while because we're drinking, having a good time. These two, two folks from, Oh, yes. Uh, England sat beside us. So we had a cute little conversation with them. Then they left. And then, like, 10 minutes later, these other two folks came. German. So, and their English was great, but we could, you know, conversate back in, in. German we got two small pasta plates which were absolutely fabulous we'll come to find out there's a lot of like mussels and squid and clams in their pasta dishes um very affordable as well and the first thing that we actually had to eat we had two pasta dishes Mm -hmm. I got the carbonara um partially because that is what <laughs> that's what Karen and Nate had when they first came back to Italy the first time. So I was like, I have Aww, to try this. Shout out to Karen and Nate. <laughs> um, and what did you have? I'm trying to remember the first pasta dish you had. It was like a gnocchi dish. Oh, that's right. Okay. You and got it the gnocchi. Was, mm, I was eating one little noodle at a time. We have both said this multiple times and we will have to do like a food and drink episode for you about Italy because... I said this to a friend the other day, but there is just something so different about like the tomato sauce here and oh, yeah. and cheese and pizza. the pasta themselves. Yeah, yeah the pizza the, crust. The produce. Ooh. It's just so good. Fabulous. Like, it's so good. It really is. And uh, yeah, so we went to our little Makeda Bistro and we've been there quite a few times since. Mm-hmm. Regulars. Um, and spent th- that first evening just really enjoying it. And it was still obviously like kind of summertime, even though it was October for Sicily. It's still pretty much summertime and just kind of sat there and people watched. And so that was like just such a great experience, mm-hmm. um, you know, for our first day, kind of like going around and exploring. Uh, and we should also mention something really important is that and we when we moved to Palermo, we had actually coordinated with two friends of ours. Yes. Um, Jamie and Travis. Shout out to Jamie and Travis. Oh, uh, yes. Wonderful people. We uh, had helped coordinate their coming and visiting us. 
Um, neither of them had ever been out of the U.S. or at least been to Europe. Yeah. And so we were really excited. Jamie is someone I actually met back when I was in college. Um, she was a mentor and um, was a former supervisor of mine, but she also has a very personal tie to Sicily. Yeah. Her dad was raised in an orphanage in Sicily before he immigrated to the United States. And so when we knew we were coming to Palermo, we really wanted them to come. We invited them and they said yes. And so we were so excited. Yeah. Um, and so during this time, we were really kind of, you know, we were experiencing culture shock at the same time because we'd left Ireland and we knew that Jamie and Travis were going to uh, come and visit us at the end of October, toward the yeah. end of October. About three, three and a half weeks from then. Yeah. So during this time, we're also kind of preparing everything. Putting out feelers. Where should we go? What should we do? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so we'll talk a little bit about that, but we should preface that just because at this time, like a lot of the things that we were doing, we were trying to really get a vibe of, you know, what are things that we should do if we were to bring friends here? Like if Mm -hmm. tourists came here. Um, so that, and it, it goes now into like a deeper conversation about the cultural nuances, um, of living in Sicily. And we've kind of talked a little bit about this, but we should probably dive in because it is part of the whole experience. Cause if you, if you came to Sicily, if you're from the U.S., you know, especially if you're from the Midwest, you're probably going to experience some culture shock. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It is very much um, you see it, you want it, you take life by the horns. Everyone crossing the street, you just go. Other people will stop. Um, going to the grocery store, I need it, I'm going to get it. And I don't want that to be an idea of like they're selfish. I don't think that's it. It's just very, um, or even rude. It's just part of their culture. It, yes. I mean, when you really think about it, we've said it a couple times to each other. It really is kind of this dog eat dog approach, but at the same time, it's very, it still has that like quaint Italian it charm does. to Absolutely. it. Um, I think because this is a place that was overtaken by so many different empires, and then obviously we have to talk about how the mafia had such strong Dude. control for decades and decades. Yeah. And still... And in a way, certain parts, come to learn yeah, that it still... Exists. Seedy stuff still happens. Still exists. Literally, when we first got here, um, 50 members of the mafia were actually arrested. And there's a large uh, mural, a really famous mural that's over by um, like where all of the sailboats are docked. And it's two judges from Sicily who were both assassinated by the mafia. Mm-hmm. And so there's a large um, portrait of them just to commemorate, you know, everything that they did to fight corruption in Sicily. So I think all Very of these. the godfather. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think all of those things kind of makes Sicily what it is. So in one way, it's like it's very old. It's very ancient. You know, you can walk through mazes of alleyways. You can see how, you know, centuries and centuries of history is all around you. And you can also feel in the people mm-hmm. that there's this like feeling of like survival. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, doggy dog, that feeling of, um, again, grabbing life by the horns is literally what they do. Everyone, men, women, children. It's all like that. Yeah, it absolutely is. Like if they want something, they'll they'll say it. If you're in their way, they will nudge you and they'll tell you. Um, it's just one of those things. But at the same time, it I really appreciate it sometimes because I appreciate just how people are very straightforward. But it also gives us the ability to do the same thing. Yes. Like Austin has become a very like, 
he's been a great like self advocate and has <laughs> learned to be a very like straightforward communicator mm-hmm. because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still <laughs> getting better, but I like when I leave these front doors, I'm like out my way, got things to do. I'm still going to be kind and I'm not going to be rude or aggressive to anyone, but I'm going to, you know, this is my path and I'm, and I'm going to go take it. Yeah. You, you have that full understanding. You very much have to be like that. Yeah. And one of our friends, Sarah, she is from Germany, but her dad is Italian. And now that we've lived here and specifically Sicilian, I believe, um, or Southern Italian, now that we've lived here, I understand her so much better because she has like that logical mind of a German, like mm-hmm. very like this is logical, you know, follow the rules and all of that. But she also has that like assertiveness of somebody who's from Sicily. The assertive passion of somebody from. Oh, yeah. Passion. Yeah. So passionate. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because um, I recently visited her and, and that was one thing that we kept telling her, she, uh, myself and her friends. We were all saying. Sarah, you're just so passionate. You're just so passionate about everything. Oh, shout out. That's to Sarah. that's but that is Sicilian. I really do mm-hmm. think so. They're mm-hmm. very passionate about their communication. If you've ever seen like how people kind of talk with their hands, like when they're mimicking somebody from Italy, specifically from southern Italy, it is so spot on. Oh yeah. I don't know if sometimes where people are fighting or they just are talking, but most of the time it's just talking. <laughs> literally, like literally. That even the even the kids, like on our street, there's this we ex- recently experienced a holiday. It was like all, what was it? Saint all saints day, something, something, something. And this, all the family came to grandma's house over here and they're just like yelling. Like you could hear them. Here we are three stories above them and they're all just yelling. And you're like, are you fighting? Are you just passionate? Are you just asking them to pass the bread? I'm so confused, but that is, <laughs> I, I can't speak to other parts of Italy, but Sicilians, people who live in Palermo, that is their culture. Yes. That is a lifestyle. Yeah, so when you're on the streets, so now that we're we're painting all of the sensors, right? So you're on the street and you've got scooters going by, you've got ancient architecture around you, you've got the smell of pasta cooking and seafood. There's a lot of seafood in a lot Sicily. Of fishy. Um, you're getting all of that and then you're getting the people. And mm-hmm. it's very obvious who's from Sicily and who's not. Oh, immediately. It's you were, you were describing it and like it makes me think Sicilians and living here is awakening this the senses are always alert what you're looking at what you're smelling hearing tasting seeing it literally your senses are kind of heightened here because it's yeah. things are moving it, it feels like the city doesn't sleep yeah and i i so for me i i do get um sensory overload sometimes i remember when i went on a trip with one of my dear friends jeremy to new york we went to times square and when i was in times square i just kind of had to leave after a couple minutes yeah. because it was just so overwhelming um i don't think it's on that level here in italy but i will say it was a massive adjustment because again Again, huge very dense streets are kind of a little bit more narrow um the people are very expressive they have no issue walking up to you and trying to tell you about their restaurant like people when we walk by like these open tables um it's not uncommon for them to literally walk up to you and be like you want to sit down you want to sit down you want oh yeah you know? <laughs> and even in english and i'm looking at myself like is it that obvious but it is like am i i, I mean zach and i are very fair-skinned white people um sicilians are very olive skinned olive toned um of course like occasionally you'll see like a redhead or um like naturally blonde people but that's that's not the norm and a lot of times they're probably tourists like honestly to be honest we can now traveling sidebar we can tell who the tourists are immediately by like clothes 
even by the way they look, just just looking at them, I'm like, in the mm, way they act, like you ain't from here. Yeah, it's, you ain't it from is. the streets. You're absolutely right. And and I'm six foot two. Most Sicilians, I would say, are oh pretty short. pretty short. Oh, they like are Austin sh- feels like a giant. Here. I know. I'm so <laughs> tall. <laughs> My like five nine almost self is just like towering over everyone. <laughs> it's so true. The great thing is that anytime we go to the grocery store, if it's super crowded, I can always find Austin because I could just pretty look quickly. Over everybody's heads. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, no, I mean, being in Sicily, I think um, when we talked about culture shock, it's because all of these things were so different than coming from the U.S. and coming from Ireland, both, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and even having like lived in Germany, it's just so different here. And it's still part of Europe, but it's just so incredibly different. Um, Our neighborhood, like where we live, is probably the most diverse place in the city. Oh, absolutely. A lot of African people. I think, okay, so something that's really cool is when we walk to the grocery store that we go to is Lidl, when we walk down our street, so we go out of our apartment, we literally just take a left and just keep going down straight Mm -hmm. until we take a left on a main street that Lidl's on. But before we get there, we have to walk through these alleyways and you'll pass these like African restaurants that where you could just smell these smells that you've never, I, I, yeah, yeah, I can't even describe them. Just beautiful though. And there's like hookah bars and, you, it's just fascinating how African culture within Sicily is its own thing as well. Yeah, its own community. It, it's very like keep the door open, you know, gather outside. They're smoking hookah. They're sharing food. They're talking they're to one another. They're bumping music. They're dancing. It is very, very alive. Yeah, well, alive. Know? Again, when we talk about the senses, like they are just overloaded. Yeah, and but in such a beautiful way sometimes, yeah. you know. Um but that's that's also like something else that that makes living here very interesting is that there's just so many there are so many different cultures that that have made their imprint and have impacted what it means to be Sicilian. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's really cool. I think when we were first talking about living in Sicily, I we just had no idea. Yeah, I don't <laughs> no I can't idea. even remember what the idea I had of living in Sicily was going to be because living here I think has truly just changed my my mind about it I had no idea I didn't know what to expect really same yeah I had no idea and um yeah so we were experiencing some culture shock those first few weeks and actually one of the things that I did and I posted about it and received just a lot of love from all of you um I decided to which it's like a couple miles away but I decided to walk to Mount Pellegrino which is kind of on the other side of the city um, the northwest side of the city. Um, I wanted to walk up there because there was a really cool, like very ancient, like walkway that you could go up there and there's like a nature preserve and everything. But when I walked to, like when I walked to Mount Pellegrino, I went through kind of what would be like the suburbs of like where the quote unquote, like, you know, real people live because, you know, a lot of the people around us, um, are either tourists or immigrants or even wealthier Italians who have older homes, you know, yeah. generational homes. Yeah. Um, but then I walked out of the city where it's a little bit more modern and I just realized how massive this place is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a city Tons of, of people. almost a million. Um, Tons of people. But very dense. And so when I walked up the mountain and I looked back at the city, it reminded me of pictures I had seen of places in like South America mm-hmm. that are very dense, you know, places like... Um, Lima and Peru and places like that. Like it, it, it has kind of that vibe, you know, next to the sea, um, very dense, large, tall, uh, apartment. apartment buildings. Yeah. I would say large and tall apartment buildings. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
and and so you know that was a really really cool experience for me being able to like walk up that mountain and be able to see the sea but also see just how sprawling um, Palermo is it really is such a, a huge place with a lot to see and a lot to experience and honestly we've lived here now for almost three full months and I mean we've just touched like the tip of the iceberg right yeah I mean absolutely yeah and even going off of you know continuing with Mount Pellegrino you were like describing like the the walkway or the path to get there Oh yeah, it was like ancient, like the made out of stones, like a bunch of little stones placed there. So it, it was kind of hard to walk up, honestly. Yeah. Um, and at the top, there's actually like a monastery up on the hill, a little bit of ways away. I didn't walk to the monastery because it started raining. Um, but along the way, something that's really interesting about Italy is, and I think it's the same in like South American, Central American countries, is there are a lot of shrines. Oh my gosh, oh, the most randomness of corners. It's like St. Christopher, St. Maria. Yeah, you're walking in a dark alleyway and and all of a sudden you see like on the side of a building, like in a glass case, you'll see like something that's paying homage to either, you know, um, Mary or to a saint saint. with pictures of relatives in the front. It's really interesting. Yeah, and I also, and I was just thinking about it, a lot of the churches are, are connected to other buildings. A lot of them don't stand alone unless they're like the palaces and very, very prominent. Um, Larger churches. Yeah, buildings, but yeah. most of them, like, even if I look across the street, I can, or a little alley, I can see a church, but it's connected to an apartment building. And some of those apartment buildings, um, the windows just have cement blocks in them. Half the building is used, half the building isn't. I mean, Palermo has the world's most UNESCO sites. Yeah. Like, it is just a just melting pot. Literally like, melting, like melting together. I forget sometimes, like, you need to look up. Yeah. Like, to experience yeah. this city. Like, you need to just kind of hold, keep your eyes above because there's so much just hiding Yeah, that you would never know. Yeah. And in the first three weeks, we did a lot of walking. We love to, like, walk through cities um, and just kind of see everything. So we spent those first three weeks walking, going to different restaurants, trying different foods, um, you know, checking out the market, which the market, I mean, there's always something new going on whenever you're walking through the <laughs> open markets. Um, and so like those first three weeks, it, it was a lot of that. And I think by the third week I was really, really experiencing culture shock because again, like when you don't know the language and it's, it's really difficult to connect with people. Um, I mean, even being in the grocery store and trying to talk to somebody about something like I I never realized how often I did that. Even in Ireland, like I would sit there and talk to somebody about the price of something or when we would go to restaurants, we would make conversation with with waitstaff and that's where a lot of great things happen. And so here in Italy, it's much harder to find people, especially in, at least in Palermo right now, just to find people who speak English, waitstaff who speak English. They know very little. As much, I mean, probably more than the Italian that I know, but it's not like we can have a conversation about anything. Yeah, and at the beginning, like, let's be really honest. We're not going to sugarcoat this. At the very mm-hmm. beginning, those first three weeks... Like, even when we tried to speak the little Italian that we knew, it was almost like they still didn't know what we... It was like they understood us speaking Italian less than they understood us speaking English sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, Inglesi. <laughs> and we're like, uh, see? Yeah. So, but I think in my mind, like, one thing that I was really holding on to, again, going back to Jamie and Travis, um, who were coming to visit us, I was really excited for them to come uh, and just kind of show them around and to share this experience with them. 
them. Um, Jamie and Travis, by the way, we're going to link a description or in the description, we'll link their social pages so you can go and give them a follow. Um, they also made kind of a really bold decision a few years ago to open up their own business, um, which is called Reclaim by Grace. They make a lot of uh, repurposed wood, custom furniture and, and, countertops islands home goods and things like that yeah she even has a women's boutique now now. yep now jamie opened up like a women's boutique and so we i mean bringing their knowledge and expertise as people who also branched out and did something really brave and and really courageous to follow their dreams um that coupled with the fact that jamie is sicilian we were like oh my gosh we're gonna have so much fun with them podcast with them and everything um but the wildest thing happened. So those of you who don't know, mm. Mm, <laughs> you've, probably, you've probably heard of Alitalia, which is mm-hmm. like the long time uh, airline for Italy. Um, because of COVID and a lot of other things that happened, they actually announced that they were dissolving. So Jamie and Travis were supposed to come late October, and we found out that Alitalia would be having its last flight around mid-October. They were like, psych, ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, and so um, they've since, Italy has since opened up a different airline in order to fulfill some of those flights called ITA, but they were not operating Mm -hmm. when Jamie and Travis were supposed to come. So basically, this like international airline goes completely like bankrupt and just dissolves. And yeah. And at the same time, I'm like so in culture shock and I'm like really looking forward to Jamie and Travis coming, but we found out that they would not be able to come because of it. And it was a lot of, I mean, yeah, it was sad, stress. You were constantly on the phone, constantly emailing, trying to oh figure my gosh. out anything. Literally. Oh, oh yeah. And especially in an era of a pandemic, trying to figure out flights is, is if any of you have experienced it, so frustrating, so impossible. Well, yeah, if you, anybody who is planning a trip, um, I mean, post COVID, you know, since all of this has started, I mean, everything has been interrupted there right now. I mean, there's all this supply chain stuff that's going on in the U S and a lot of people are pointing fingers about what, you know, whose fault it is and all this, but it's nobody's fault because the thing is, is that industries were disrupted, especially like the flight, the tourism, transportation yes, industry. We literally all halted. Everything. And when that happens, I mean, bat, you kind of have to sit and wait Butterfly. like what's going to happen, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so unfortunately, Alitalia just did not make it out of COVID. No, um, and But thankfully, they've got ITA Airways. I think that's the new one uh, that does like flights within Italy and things like that. But anyway, you know, at the end of October, we knew that Jamie and Travis weren't coming, which was really, really sad. Um, and they were really sad. They weren't able to come, um, but they did do a fun trip on their own. Again, I do recommend you go and you follow them. They're amazing. They've got some great, wonderful, uh, kind, giving human, just wonderful human beings. And they've got a great business. And, um, they're people who really do like walk the walk when it talk, when you talk about like chasing your happiness. Mm -hmm. So, um, but we, at the end of October decided, okay, you know, Jamie and Travis can't come. We're experiencing some culture shock, and we had already kind of uh, taken some days off and yeah, for when pre- they were going to come to prepare for it. And I think you were in a place where, like, also I'm I'm working with Americans. I'm speaking English. I'm having conversations, but the only person you can sp- speak English with is me in person. Yeah, and I think it was just you know a couple. We had officially gotten the like. There's nothing we can do about the tickets, about moving them, about buying anything else. It just 
it, we couldn't, it was out of our control. Yeah. So we decided to quickly plan our own solo trips. Yeah. So Ooh. we were, we were supposed to go to a place called Tarmina. Tarmina. And Austin, we'll talk about that in the next episode. Yes. Um, next week we'll talk about those individual trips. So Austin went to Tarmina, which is over on the other side of Sicily. Absolutely stunning. Obviously I wasn't there. Yeah. It was like night and day from Palermo. So I'm really excited to talk about it. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk with you about it because I'm going to be interviewing Austin, asking him about Tarmina because he has some just some truly wild experiences. Y'all already know how I do, boo-boo. But the thing <laughs> is, is like, so then you decided, you were like, you know what? I want to go to... Well, actually, I had been invited by our friend Sarah that I just mentioned, who's actually like living in Germany for a while. Yes. Um, she spends part of her time in Germany. Her mother right now is um, going through some health things, but she lives with her parents in near Heidelberg in Ladenburg. And so I told Austin, you know what? I would really love to go to Germany, but I found a couple uh, Ryanair flights that were really, really re- like ridiculously cheap. Oh yeah, like twenty five bucks. But but it, bucks. but it would be flying into Vienna, taking a train to Heidelberg, and flying home from Frankfurt. And so we both said, you know what? We haven't been apart, like physically apart. Mm-hmm. We hadn't been apart since we'd moved here, and well before that, honestly, we yeah. haven't been apart in a long time. Yeah, in a long time. Um, and so we said, let's do some solo trips, and so, scary and exciting and adventurous. Oh, it was. It was so adventurous. Flying by the seat of your pants, realness. Yes. So our next couple episodes are going to be me interviewing Austin about me interviewing Austin about Tarmina, his trip. He actually took schnitzel with him. He met the coolest people. And then we'll also talk about my experiences of going back to Vienna, which was the very first place that I'd ever been internationally. And Mm -hmm. I went when I was a freshman Uh, in college. And it's one of your favorite places. And it is truly one of my favorite places. I will detail my experience of literally crying, like bawling my eyes out in front of Gustav Klimt's The Kiss Uh, at the Belvedere Museum. If you don't cry, is it Uh, worth it? And then... I let out some tears. (laughs) And then going back to Heidelberg, Germany, which is like our favorite place, but... Just discussing like that whole trip where I think I spoke very little English and almost like only German, Mm -hmm. which was really cool. So we'll talk about that in our next episodes. Um, Thank you so much for listening in. Kind of a little note um, to say that we are so thankful to be able to live in Sicily. Mm -hmm. Like it has been. I know there are times where it sounds like we might be being negative, but we want to paint a really real and authentic picture for all of you because if you come to Sicily, we want you to feel like we've really, you know, given you a good, you know, some insight insight. into Exactly. exactly what it is. We're not tourists. We're living here. We are part time Sicilians and thank you for being and listening to this journey with us. It's a lot of fun to yeah. talk about it, to relive it, to then have conversations with everyone outside of the podcast. And we, we're so thankful, like seriously, seriously so thankful. We are. Thank you to all of our supporters. Remember to follow us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Rate us, please. Give us a thumbs up if you enjoy our content. We really Five stars, it. 100. <laughs> <laughs> and very, very, very important. Yes. Remember to chase your happiness. And thanks for vibing with us. Ciao.